Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Let's get them up, get them going. It is Friday. Money and Rod B. Hook them up. Get them up. Let's go. It's uh, eight days to the start of the Longhorn football season. College football starts tomorrow with a slate of games. High school football season started last night with games all over Central Texas. We'll get you a scoreboard as the uh, football season is here. Also, baseball hitting its uh, climax. Some serious action in the AL West. We have a new team in second place in the AL West. Also, the... Uh, Golf World watching the Tour Championship outside Atlanta. Longhorns have an injury they're dealing with headed into their mock game tomorrow. And we've got a lot to do. Five hours of funny conversation begin right now. We appreciate you being there. Wherever you're finding us to start your morning, maybe 1019, could be AM 1216. Of course, always digitally for you on our Horn app, uh, on your smart speaker at home or work. Also at hornfm.com. Watching on the Twitch channel uh, could be there as well. And uh, maybe on our YouTube page and YouTube channel where we are cranking it up and uh, growing by the day. And we appreciate you for uh, subscribing and being a part of that as well. Uh, look who it is across the desk. He is our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the program very, very well. Each and every day, five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up. From DB High in the 713 and DBU here in the 512. Well, there's four different stops in the NFL. Zip code's there. He is the lifetime Longhorn football theorist. 21 in your program, one in your heart. Hello, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro as always. And, yes, good to be here on a Friday. I like to call it, we like to call it, a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition of Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod B. Also, as we do every day, we do salute those who choose to serve. Our society is built on the selflessness of service. So we appreciate all those who choose to serve, whether it be God, country, or community. Uh, whether it be soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, waste management. Hell, y'all know who y'all are. We appreciate each and every last one of you. Going to serve, going to serve. We appreciate it very well. And as we said, if you want to give a shout out to someone who you know who serves and would probably doesn't get the, uh, the oh, attention they, they, they deserve, they never do. They never get it. They don't never speak get about it. themselves. <laughs> it's uh, shoot, shoot it to us. We'll let us know uh, who that person needs to be. We will let them know and give them a pat on the back. You can hit us on our specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. Also, hit me up on an email if you need to at uh, ehogan at hornfm dot com. As we crank this thing up, and as Rod said, it is a free fall football Friday. That's right. Uh, football is here. You know, the uh, mm-hmm. high school football season opened last night. And I did not know this. Until Taco Shackbo? Taco Shackbo. Taco Shackbo. August 24th, our man Craig Way would know this, the voice of the Longhorns, of your course. former co-host oh, yeah. and our former colleague. Uh, August 24th is the earliest start to the high school football season in 50 years. In the state of 50 Texas. 50 years. 50 years. Why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> Where the calendar fell. I, I was going to say, what happened? That's yeah, UIL, okay. I guess. <laughs> All right. But August 24. Hey, they... I'm not complaining about early football. I know. No. Just, it had to be I'm just hot, curious. Like, probably hot last night out there at the uh, Taco Shack Bowl and around mm-hmm. Central Texas. But the earliest start and kickoff time in 50 years. There's actual football tomorrow. It's a nice factoid. Uh, and, and, you know. Rod, we gotta we gotta figure something out with the NFL in the preseason because we'll talk about it coming up. But geez, Louise, these games, uh, you know, Roger Goodell and the league are big on entertainment, making everything matter. Mm-hmm. Like these games are 
there were two games last night, but uh, in one case, Pittsburgh beat the uh, the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta twenty four to nothing. But not a single player who's going to play for the Atlanta Falcons this year played a a, a significant snap. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the way it goes, right? I think I mean, that is the way it goes. I mean, I'm sure there's uh, there's still some guys who are trying to you know make the team that you know may end up at the bottom of that roster that actually played out there. But yeah, for the most part, starters and guys who are proving commodities. They don't play in the preseason. No. You see too many guys get hurt. No, no. We see them get hurt in practice. We see them get hurt in the preseason. Guys, it's just too just too much risk involved. Football is one of those games, man. You can, it can happen at any time. So you just want to uh, limit the exposure to risk to, and injury. And to that I say, well, then just shorten the preseason. You know, I they did already. I, I know. They went from I know, four to three. I know, I know. <laughs> you want to do it again? <laughs> no. You just want to take guys like Rod B. Who I, got, I, got, I got no chance to make a team. I got one shot. It's like Eminem, that song. Got one shot. Two games. Two, two preseason games. <laughs> You're right. I mean, that's basically all that, all that matters are those two preseason two games. Preseason this games. one doesn't matter. The last, the third one doesn't matter. Just don't put it on TV and call it the NFL if you're going to play a bunch of nobodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, a bunch of guys you never heard of. But, which is fine. They're trying to earn a job. I get it. They're putting right. tape out there for everybody to exactly. see. No, nothing against those dudes. But at uh, same time, holy cow. You, you, they bill it as preseason game. You turn it. Well, there's nothing on. There's nobody there. It's football. Uh, it's football. It is yeah, actual well. football. <laughs> Cowboys but. are uh, cranking it up. We'll get you details there. Let's start with the headlines, though, including an injury for your Texas Longhorns. We are now eight days to the opening of the Longhorn football season. Let's crank it up. UBO Business Services, start with Texas football. Yeah, injury for the Longhorns. That's something we have not heard so far in camp, but uh, sit into their mock game tomorrow. Dress rehearsal for the upcoming season. Word that junior linebacker Maurice Blackwell suffered a knee injury. He's going to miss up to a month. First word of the injury came from a pretty good source for the junior in Arlington. That was revealed by his mother on Facebook, uh, then confirmed <laughs> by Texas. He is expected to miss two to four weeks. Blackwell's been competing with senior David Benda and freshman Anthony Hill for the starting Will linebacker position. A full Longhorn conversation throughout the morning eight days to the game with Rice. NFL, as we said, week three of the preseason opened last night. Pair of games in Atlanta. Kenny Pickett led a pair of scoring drives. Steelers blanked the Falcons 24-0. Colts topped the Eagles 27-13. Uh, Colts' Anthony Richardson struggled at times. Eagles didn't start anybody that uh, is going to play for them this year. Also yesterday, Arizona Cardinals made three separate trades. They sent former top 10 pick Isaiah Simmons to the New York Giants for a seventh round pick. Then uh, the Cardinals moved third year offensive tackle Josh Jones from the University of Houston to the Houston Texans. They uh, home, re- returned home for him. Then they acquired quarterback Josh Dobbs from the Cleveland Browns. So three different deals for Arizona. As we mentioned, high school football season in Central Texas kicked off last night. Slate of games. Anderson Wallet McCollum 42-0 to take the Taco Shack Bowl in an emphatic fashion. A big battle east of uh, 35 where Maynard topped LBJ 39-26. Uh, Crockett rolled past San Antonio Highlands down at the Alamo Dome 42-0. And at Burger Stadium, great game. Bowie and Vista Ridge went to overtime. Raiders scored on their first possession of OT and then got they got the stop. They beat the Bulldogs 21-14. Uh, Major League Baseball, Texas Rangers losing streak has now reached seven games as they fell 7-5 in the first game of a four-game set in Minnesota. Surging Seattle Mariners have pulled even with the Astros in the second in the uh, AL West. Go, they go. didn't even play, but the Astros got clobbered yesterday by the Red Sox, 17-1 to wrap up that four-game series. So it's now the Rangers by a game over Houston and Seattle in the West. Houston will open a series with Detroit tonight in Detroit. Seattle's home to the Royals. Texas will continue that series with the Twins. At Dell Diamond, Round Rock had their win streak snapped at 14 games. That is a club record. They lost to Salt Lake in uh, 12 innings, 4-3. to 
This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Okay, so Mo Blackwell's mom yeah. is the one that revealed the injury? Yeah. Wow, that's that's got to be a first, isn't it? MCL. I don't know if I've ever heard of that before. <laughs> it's a good source, though. Was it on the gram or it, like so? It was on no, Facebook. Facebook. On Facebook. Okay. Facebook. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the olds. Yeah, the, the olds are on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, there you go. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I mean, that, hey, my, like you said, that's that's the best source you can get. Christine uh, Trim Blackwell wrote on Facebook. I have some bad news mm. and some good news. She wrote. Oh, what's, what was the good news? Uh, the bad news is Maurice tore his MCL. Good news is he'll return in two to four weeks. Oh, okay. That is actually good news. Yeah, Prayers are more than welcome bad. from the ones that are sincere. It could have been worse, but it's all God's plan. He'll be back third game or before that. Um, So it, it, well, it does bring some clarity, clear up some things about that off-ball linebacker spot opposite Jalen Ford, that weak side linebacker spot, because now – it's just between Benda, David Benda, and Anthony Hill. Yeah, at least to start the season. Yep. So I want it, Sark still was, uh, you know, he was, he was reluctant to name a starter at those positions. Still said he had to work through some things. Wanted to go through the wasn't necessarily walk through the dress rehearsal, if you will, before he uh, released the depth chart. I think they will before the first game. Um, man, I wonder if they'll if they'll just go with David Benda since he's. They, they've raved about how he's proven himself to be a consistent player there, somebody they can count on just early on to see if that translates to the game, right? because that's just in practice right now, and then use Anthony Hill in that situational role as a pass rusher since Sark says he's a natural pass rusher and they're one of their top two best pass rushers, actually. Um, so you're going to need him in those different situations. And I wonder, just so he's not drinking through a fire hose early on, that you just let him do what he's naturally good at, and then you bring him along slowly that way. I wonder if that's going to be the plan. That probably is where I would lean, unless David Bender is not dependable enough and steady enough in that role. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's probably the way. I mean, Benda is is he's fifth, fifth year, year senior. Out of exactly. Um, you know, you're looking for reliability there. You you have as you called them havoc players. You've got guys on that defense that you uh, you know can count on to maybe make some plays. You just want somebody to be structurally sound, right? Yep. Uh, be where he's supposed to be. Uh, make plays in that spot. There's also reports that Ethan Burke is likely to be the starter on the the outside on the end. Uh, you know. Uh, playing opposite that, Baron Sorrell. Yeah, opposite mm-hmm. Baron Sorrell's on the defensive line. Uh, because, again, you heard Sark this week talk about him as a, he's a mechanic. He's a, he goes to work, shows up, does his job. Blue collar. Uh, it's, an, it's an 11-man group. And, uh, you know, you got some guys that make big plays, but you also just need the, the reliability, right? Mm-hmm. The, the best ability is reliability and dependability. Uh, do the consistent things well. And, uh, you know, make a, make a play where you can. You wonder, kind of feels like it's going to be Benda and Burke. Uh, in okay. those spots, and then they'll be, they'll be rotation. They'll be rotation. And now I think you know maybe the only spot that is uncertain about who's going to play there is probably the field corner spot at this point. Who's going to be that field corner? Malik Muhammad was trending toward the end of the uh, end of training camp because he was <laughs> creating a lot of those havoc plays that we talk about. Remember in the two scrimmages, had three uh, responsible for three turnovers, two forced fumbles, and a pick six, reportedly. And then you got Terrence Brooks, who they also like at that field corner spot. Then I hear Gavin Holmes from Wake Forest is also making things a little bit interesting. So at least they have options. 
I mean, that is uh, that's that that to me, they have contingency plans in case someone doesn't someone's someone's work uh, right now doesn't translate to the game. Some of their play doesn't necessarily translate. Then you have options to put out there in case somebody's overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Holmes coming strong, apparently, the last week of, of camp, last couple of yeah. days. And, and then that's, you know, he transferred from Wake Forest as a two year starter for a reason. Right. Um, and, and, you know, he, Terrence Brooks. Uh, trying to c- compete for that, that that spot opposite Ryan Watts and uh, but these are good things right competition in first a world problems yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where you got guys fighting for the job fighting for the position because Sark we heard him earlier in the week talk about uh, you know we're gonna make hard decisions we're honest with our players we we the, the, they're not going to be surprised when we tell them because we're we're candid with them on a day by day basis same time. What you want is Gavin Holmes trying to trying to beat out Terrence Brooks. You want uh, David Benda trying to earn that job as a senior. Uh, DJ Campbell and uh, you know Cole, Cole Hudson, Hudson and right guard mm-hmm. like fighting for that job. That's 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 a good sign within your program uh, that the guys are competing for those jobs. Because as you've said, Rod, once you're the one, you're the one. Once you've earned it, that's what that's what we yeah. do all summer. That's mm-hmm. what we did all camp. Yep. Uh, the the opportunity is there. Go win it. And then, if you're going to have that as your your carrot, then you got to have a an answer at the end of the day. You got to have mm-hmm. a one and a two, and uh, you know some feelings might be hurt and whatever not. But it, we're not. Uh, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets a ribbon. You get, someone's a one. Someone's a two. Yep. And hey, the competition doesn't end. Trust me. No. <laughs> the guy's not playing well. That competition does so not when end. You were, when it you continues. Were, when I, you were, I remember that. <laughs> and, and and like when you would go to when you go to the to the meeting room you'd be in the front row right you got to keep that spot man you got to keep that spot yeah yeah that's how it works i mean all year long if you you have a drop off in play you have a bad game trust me coaches thinking about eh, i wonder if the guy behind him may be a better option or if even if, if even there's an injury um, and that's just availability, as you talked about reliability and dependability. <laughs> the best abilities, well, availability should be in that conversation too. You get injured, guy comes in, plays well, balls out. That's just the nature uh, of, of of the game. Um, so I I think it's a first world problem. It's really good that Texas right now you don't have necessarily uh, kind of the battle of attrition that you had at one time at Texas. Some of these positions you have true competitions. Um, and then the cream can get to rise to the top, and then that competition can continue all season long uh, within that room. And then you'll see some of the other guys. Like you said, they're going to rotate guys in there situationally. If some of those other guys end up making plays, you're putting Malik Muhammad in there situationally, and he's getting interceptions, (laughs) and the guy in front of him is not. Those are impact plays, and the coach is going to want to see more of those. He's going to want to see more reps uh, and see if he can extrapolate that type of productivity over more reps. So I think it, it's these competitions are right. They'll be defined, but I do think they'll continue throughout the season. And I wouldn't be shocked. Remember last year, wasn't Jalen Gilbo that ended up starting at nickel, and then Jade Barron ends up being the nickel? Yeah, because uh, Gilbo got hurt, right? Yeah, he got hurt, and he, the, the physicality really didn't translate well. Jade gets in there and never gives up the spot. So that those things happen all throughout camp and then all throughout the season. It says, uh, Rod B, absolutely loved your football theory conversation with Ian Boyd yesterday at Inside Texas. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, and TGIF to you, uh, my man Chan. Appreciate that. Uh, cool. Yeah, appreciate everybody dropping in early. And, yes, that was really fun, football theory, working about with those guys Inside Texas. Well, basically, it's a classroom about football. So we just choose a subject, concept. This Ian Boyd is a deep thinker. He is. He's a, he's a fellow football theorist like myself, <laughs> and uh, he, he dives into the X's and O's. So it's basically a little football classroom. We try not to make it too overwhelming, right? but we try to make it fun. And we just choose like one subject. We're not 
throw in, you know, tons of different subjects. They choose like one subject, and this week it was how to weaponize and scheme open Xavier Worthy, even though everybody, including the opposing defensive coordinator, uh, knows he's getting the ball and will be trying to take him away. Yeah. How do you how do you scheme him open, even though the defensive coordinator is probably one of his top objectives, if not his number one objective, will be to take Xavier Worthy out of the passing game. So we talk about that. It was really fun. Love so it. Go check it out over there at, uh, on Texas. All right. There you go. Uh, so that's inside Texas. That's Bobby Burton and his team with uh, the crew. And uh, <laughs> looks like I'm going to be doing some stuff with them, too, this yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My man, he's holding so, on board. Yeah, man. Well, we'll tell you about that as we can uh, and roll out. But uh, five hours is underway. Got the Longhorns with an injury, but the mock game tomorrow. And this is, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to show – um, you know, if you're Sark, you're trying to get into good habits, right? This is the time where you start developing good habits. You, you, you're going to determine your, your depth chart. Sark said we, we were not going to announce who's the one, who's the two, until this weekend, right into, into game week, which will be here on Monday. But uh, good habits. Here's, here's how we operate. School's back in, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're playing school now uh, on top of playing football. Uh, and, you know, you, you've lived this. I mean, it's, it's time to buckle in and settle in and uh, – you know, Sark talked about good habits, being mm-hmm. being able to uh, handle school, handle your NIL business that you're doing. I know there's a, uh, um, you know, last night down at the co-op, or actually next week at the co-op, there's a big autograph signing and all kinds of stuff that our guys at the Texas One Fund are doing. That's next Thursday. Uh, this is the time to find those good habits and, uh, and and start strong. That's what the whole thing is about. Yeah, I love the way you put it, the good habits, because you, you want to get in the routine. Yeah. Uh, it's game week. You want, it's gonna, you're going to have game week over the next you know uh, four months or so. So you want to make sure that you get that routine, that regimen, and it's a really constructive one. And you allow yourself enough time. I mean, so much. We all know this, whether it be college or you're talking about being a student athlete, time management. Like it was like really one of your one of your prime objectives as a student or a student athlete and student athletes even more so yeah because you got your you got your practice time you're gonna want to put in more time hopefully putting in some time watching film in the weight room uh, and that's in addition to what you're doing with the team hopefully that's going on with everybody that's what I hear in all the media availabilities and you're a student. All right, so you got study hall, you're going to have to go to class, you got all that to take care of too. And then, hell, man, there's a social element to this thing. So you got your social circle, you want to go hang out and you want to go kick it with your friends. And I mean, you may want to go on dates, go hang out, go meet some young ladies, whatever it may be. That's also something that you got to put into the, all right, put into your calendar and make sure you make enough time for. That's a lot. And by the way, you better be getting enough rest on top of all that, all right, because your body also got to be a top priority as a student athlete. Athlete. So there, trust me, I remember that early on as a young player, that being a struggle for me. Man, making time for everything just doesn't seem like there's enough time in a day. And the older guys can help the younger guys with that. That's a big part of this, too. And now you have, essentially, the coaches have tutors. When they first got here, they had to teach all the guys exactly how they wanted everything done. Everybody on the roster had to get that lesson of how they want everything done. Now, you really don't have to do that. The, the older guys are going to teach the younger guys follow, how it's follow, done. Follow, follow the yeah, follow the lead. Exactly. You got tutors now. You got teachers, which are the coaches. And now you got tutors yeah. all on that team that are tutoring all the young guys. That's, that makes the coach's job a whole lot easier. And they can help the young guys you know, manage their time and tell them, hey, man, this is, this is how I did it. Um, I, I go to the weight room at this time. It's easier for me. If you got this kind of schedule, it may be easier for you. And then they'll figure it out. But it, that's why the guys hit a freshman wall. Yeah. It's really about time, man. They just they just kind of run out of time. They don't realize how mu- how little time there is in the day when you're you got that many activities going on. And you're trying to do all of it. And you're trying to do all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, by the way, I didn't have an IL. 
That's another one. You got to earn your money, too. Yeah. On top of everything I mentioned, also, you got to earn your money, son. So if you got some signings or you got some appearances you got to make, you better you got to make time for that. Yeah. Go so on. You're that, signing up. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. You got, you're a busy man. You wake up early, and you still wonder. You wake up at 4 something in the morning, and you run out of time. Like, how the hell did I run out of time? And I woke up at 4 in the morning. That's what the mock week is about, right? <laughs> to uh, lock it in and try to see, okay, this is exactly what we're doing next week. Mm-hmm. This is a big game. They're, you know, practice. This is this is a dress rehearsal, but this is what it'll look like next week. So be ready. Uh, manage your time. Uh, find your way. And if you don't know, ask somebody. <laughs> ask, ask an older guy exactly. how to do it. Don't be late because you ain't know what time you're supposed to yeah. be there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, ongoing. Texas and Rice, eight days. There's a uh, slate of games tomorrow. Uh, into your Saturday, which, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. You got so high school football last night if you were out at Vista Ridge Bowie game. Seemed like a great one down at Burger Center. Mm. A couple of blowouts in the uh, Taco Shack Bowl and uh, uh, a couple others. But uh, a good game east with LBJ and Maynard LBJ if you were out there at those Maynard. games last night. Uh, football is back. It is here. And we got football on the card tomorrow. And we certainly have football in eight days with the Texas Longhorns who will go through their mock game tomorrow. I'm assuming for a mock game you're going to do it at 2.30 tomorrow. I'm assuming it's going to be at the same time as next week. That would make Get sense. Get up at the same time. Do your deal. They'll, they'll do the hotel thing tonight. Great point. Where they go, and you know, mm-hmm. for, for folks who don't know, you know, even when Texas is at home, they'll stay in a hotel the night before. Get everybody separate off the campus, and you know, be able to uh, monitor. Oh yeah, <laughs> monitor the players. We used to stay at that old Omni over there, yeah, off right of on, thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. Right and, uh, said, yeah. <laughs> we used to stay at that one. Now they, I think they said a, they say it somewhere else now. They don't stay there, but and we used to have the pasta bar. That was a big thing. Oh, love pasta bar. Oh, pasta bar is fantastic. Up. Oh, that's baby. It was car. It was carbo loading, baby. So we had the pasta bar, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, you're right. We do. Every, they want to get you separated from. The family and the, the madness. The NFL does that, too, even in sure. home games. They give you the option to either stay at home or stay at a team hotel. Most of the guys take, take the team hotel. And then hotel. you bus into the game. And then you got yeah, exactly. Get yeah. up in the so game. Very get sleep in. Professional experience uh, there for the players. Yeah, sleep in. No, ain't nobody sleeping. Ain't no, you can't, video games you can't, all night? Well, you just can't sleep. It's like Christmas. Yeah. I mean, you realize it, it's like a kid before Christmas. You just I've never known a player that right before the first game that can sleep before they game. Some guys, maybe they do. Maybe Derek Johnson slept like a baby because <laughs> <laughs> he's Derek freaking Johnson. You know what I mean? But most of the guys yeah. I do, I mean, they were a little anxious. You get you get a, you get, you're rested, but it's just hard to get that good, you know, get that rim cycle in right before the game, man. You're so anxious. You're ready to go. You're ready to go. You've been bouncing off the walls, man. I love that. All right, so we got football on the brain. We got baseball with the Astros, Rangers, and Mariners all in a game in the AL West. We've got uh, golf. Scotty Scheffler, how about a triple bogey yesterday? He kind of coughed up his uh, that, yeah, um, that advantage that he gave him, the two <laughs> two stroke advantage. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to the uh, tour championship, and we've got uh, uh, preseason NFL football. How about the Arizona Cardinals? What? what Ty Henderson, our producer, what is the over-under win total of the Arizona Cardinals? I can't believe it's very high. I think it's four games. I go under. I go under. They would like that. <laughs> I believe. I believe. Take the under. If you got one bet for the NFL season, take the Cardinals under four wins. It's fire sale. We'll get you details on that coming up. And mm. uh, Colt McCoy, who may be the starting oh. quarterback to start their season, he now has competition. Uh, we get the NFL mm. uh, with about uh, you know week ten days to go to the start of their season Boy, as well. Kenny Pickett showing up again. You, Kenny, you you said he was trending last season at the end. I'm, I'm all of a sudden bullish on the hey. uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's I, looking good. Forward, not sure how to pick that division. We'll talk about it all. We're just getting warmed up. See Rod B, Ty, and you. It is uh, a Friday morning. Eight days to start the Longhorn football season. We're coming back. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. 
Friday on the Horn. Yeah, busy weekend on tap, including tonight. Rod, I'll be out at the Moody Center tonight, as a matter of fact. The mood. The mood tonight to see the uh, Austin Gambler Days. Austin oh, Gamblers. that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, man. It's going to be a party, man. Pumped about All that. All weekend long, right? Yeah, three nights or uh, two nights and then a day. Nice get out the Gambler days. And uh, Austin Gambler's off to an 8-1 and one start in the PBR Team Series, year two. Uh, they're having a great run and excited to be out there uh, this evening. I'm going to take in tonight and uh, check it out. Full report coming Monday if you can get out there tonight. Nice, I like that. And remember, if you go to uh, austingamblers.com, tell them you're a horn listener and you listen to Ian Rod B in the mornings, you got 25% off tickets. Come on. Yeah, that's get a out there. good deal. Whole family, baby. It's a family you'll affair. It. You'll be like, man, I'm, you'll be totally hooked. Uh, on the uh, the oh, yeah. adrenaline rush of grown men getting on bulls willingly. <laughs> yeah, you want to know? <laughs> no, exactly. Well, oh, I, on a, I always talk about life risking activities. Yes. Or, these are not for recreational purposes. Organized life risking activities. Yeah. These are professional stuff. <laughs> but they trust me. It's I. There is probably, in my opinion, I, I, in sports, I can't think of a sport that's more dangerous than bull riding. I, I'm sure that there are plenty of them, but. Bull riding's got to be in the conversation. No. I'm sure, like, some of those X, X games and, you know what I mean, some of the winter sports where they're skiing down oh, yeah, at tremendous speeds down a mountain, yeah, that's also in the conversation. <laughs> I'm not shortchanging them. Even some of those crazy water sports, but, man, bull riding. There's, there's, there's not another sport where there's a live animal that's exactly. trying to kill you. <laughs> that would stomp you into the ground if you could. It's trying to. That's yeah. right. <laughs> it's, and it's, it's bred to do that. Yes. It's it's from a long line. Taught to do that. Yes. 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 <laughs> now, that's tonight. That's tomorrow night. And that's Sunday afternoon out at Moody Center. Uh, full reports coming Monday. Excited about that. Also into your weekend. High school football season is, uh, is underway. Uh, Longhorns will play a mock game tomorrow. And I guess we have, I, like, you know, you get so excited about these preseason games or at least anticipate turning them on and, and watching some football. And, yeah, there's just not much going on with uh, these games. You can tell they're just trying to get to the season. Yes. They're just trying to get to they the are. season. Yep. It's not a good show. I mean, at the end of the day, and I know there are guys on that team, Rod, and you live that life trying to make the team, and they're they're giving their all, and it's that's true. It's, it's uh, worthy of respect. Same time, it's like uh, you don't care though. It's just, uh, <laughs> You're like I don't give I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, but I would you know the two games. Honestly, at this point, they have the way they have situated everything in terms of how they build the roster and with the cuts. You're right, the third game doesn't really matter to anybody, and nothing is really accomplished in that third game. They're just trying to get there. They're, exactly. So the first two are actually where guys like Rod B will be trying to make the roster. I would love that third game to get some film, because I need some film so other coaches can be see me play. That's why I would like it. But in terms of starters and really relevant players getting reps, no, it's just guys like Rod B who are about to get cut. <laughs> or who are trying to make a roster or, or practice yeah, squad. They're, they're probably not going to make this team, but they're trying to put some tape out yeah. there for another team. Exactly. Or oh, The Rock can bring me in for the XFL. You yeah, know? Yeah. I need some film. I need some uh, film, though. Yeah, well, listen, uh, I, I will say that I, I, I put this out there yesterday afternoon, but the report yesterday is that the Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the teams that are coming after Jonathan Taylor, the running back of the mm. – Indianapolis Colts, who's on the block, right? He's got till Tuesday. Uh, the Colts have given him permission to seek a trade, he and his agent. He's got a window. He's got a window. Yeah. By Tuesday, they have to cut rosters, and if he's still there, they got to figure that out. But uh, here was the, the tweet yesterday. According to Dov Kleiman of the uh, of Twitter, the Eagles have, have discussed a possible trade for Colts running back Jonathan Taylor, 
Eagles have been among the most aggressive suitors for the Colts' 24-year-old running back. Now, you're a Cowboys fan. You're looking at that going, hold on. i got to deal with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, mm. Jalen Hurts, and now maybe Jonathan Taylor. I know I've got a good defense in Dallas. That yeah, that, that's unlike Howie Roseman though. But I could see Howie Roseman. He Howie Roseman does he puts the Eagles in a position where they can be a championship contender, and then every now and then he'll just make a move to put them over the top. So I can see he has to over the top move. But it is something he usually is against, which is pay, overpaying yeah. for the running uh, yeah, devalued that position. Thought, that doesn't sound like an no, Eagles move. That's not Roseman usually. Because remember they traded for DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions. Uh, on draft night, draft day last year, right? They, 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 Miles Sanders, their running back, their leading rusher last year, signed with Carolina. Mm-hmm. They traded for DeAndre Swift, but you wonder if you know camp reveals, right? Rashad Training, Penny, and he's been a he has not had a good camp. They brought him in for yeah, like yeah a Rashad one year Penny deal. Came I in believe. from Seattle yeah. and a free agent. And look, this is the time of year you're evaluating, evaluating your roster, saying, okay, what do we have? Where are we? You know you got to beat the Cowboys twice or play the yes. Cowboys twice. They're going to have maybe the best defense, Niners. And it was last year that it was the Niners who acquired Chris, Christian McCaffrey to, in your, you know, in a lot of people's mind, give Kyle Shanahan the final piece. That to was his, his final. final. Yeah, exactly. Put him over the top. And if you're Howie Roseman, you're like, you know, this is probably not us, but let's go for it. We were in the Super Bowl a year ago. We couldn't finish it. You know, if you if you trade for. Jonathan Stewart, do you have to sign him right now, or you just have to make him happy? Can you give him a shorter deal? Whatever, I don't know. But uh, that's something to watch because uh, it feels like because wow. you heard the Bears, you heard the Dolphins talking to Jonathan Taylor, talking about Jonathan Taylor. But the Eagles, that would be a game changer because Jonathan Taylor is a really, really great player. Yeah, you're talking about the arguably you know one of the best offenses in the NFL, and now you're going to add <laughs> one of the best top three running backs in the, backs in the NFL too. And with that, one of the most lethal dual threat quarterbacks in the NFL. Nobody runs the RPOs uh, and the quarterback run game like the Eagles. I mean, that's one of that's their bread and butter, if you will. They major in it. And now you're going to add to that run game a <sighs> devastating runner like Jonathan Taylor. That, wow. That's a put you over the top move. Now, they now they still got believe because they signed Jalen Hurts to that new deal, but he still has got like one more year He's as a discounted year. quarterback. That's right. So that's probably what High Rose was looking at. He's like, man, I got one more. Yeah, I, can, I can restructure guys after this, but I got one more year on a discount with a discounted franchise quarterback. I might need to make the move. And that's why the Dolphins need to probably are thinking about the move too, because they got like, like one more year left before they can well, have the Bears, a discounted the Bears too. The right? Bears, exactly. Great point. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that just because that's an over the top move for the Bears. I don't know about I don't know about John Taylor putting them over the top for the Eagles. Yes, Eagles. That would Eagles. Be... Yes. For the Dolphins, it, that would be a game changer too. Considering Remember, they brought in Vic Fangio and they got Jalen Ramsey, they made some moves. They. They made some serious moves. Well, you know, sometimes you got to go for it, right? You got to got to take that opportunity oh, where yeah. you have a. And you're right about Jalen Hurts, right? They 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 locked him up to the big deal, but it doesn't kick in until next year. Mm-hmm. So make a run. You know, the Cowboys' defense is really good. The Niners' defense is really good. Jonathan Taylor could be a separator, and if yeah. he's, he's available, and you're 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 you you've gone through camp and DeAndre Swift. Who you just traded for it mm-hmm. maybe isn't what you thought, right? And Rashad Penny isn't what you thought, and we're like, man. We 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 let Miles Sanders go, and we we may need we need may need better if we're going to keep up with uh, where we were a year ago. That I thought the be... Rash, Rashad Penny thing was a steal, though. I thought he was a decent player with Seattle too. I thought that'd work out for him. I'm not going to lie. Reports out of Philly is he's he's not, just, not having a good camp. He's not had a good camp. Maybe he's not impressed. Out of shape. Uh, another to add to this report, since you uh, talked about it, um, 
about the uh, the Colts also. Uh, this has been reported by Miami Herald. Miami Herald. That the Colts have rejected a trade offer from the Dolphins for Jonathan Taylor. So I don't know. They didn't go into specifics. It said, despite rejecting at least one trade offer, the two sides continue to engage negotiations, did not give details about what deadlines the make deals offer right. was. Yeah, and remember, and they the wanted the first-round pick. They wanted a first-round pick or the equivalent of it. And they won't pay him like a first-round pick because well, he's a running back. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different conversation. The irony of it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to value you as a high-priced player, but we're not going to pay you as a high-priced player. That's no. what we do at running back. Yeah. He wasn't, but he wasn't drafted in the first round, right? He's a second-round player. Second-round pick, pick so forty-two. They want to, they want to be able to get some return on, you know, what I mean, on that investment and just say, hey, man, we turned a second round or we flipped the second round into a first round. Well, I still believe that the biggest move of last offseason was AJ Brown to Philadelphia. It was a good move, and it it separated their offense from good to great, and they were in the Super Bowl. Can you imagine if the Eagles swooped in and nabbed Jonathan Taylor to go? I mean, that would be an arsenal that no one else has in the National Football League. Well, And and you talked about this. The NFC is wide open. Oh. The the, the AFC is just, that is a a, a hell of a conference to try to, you know, rise to the top end because even if you rise to the top, you got to deal with the Chiefs. (laughs) But in the NFC, you know, there's just basically two big dogs. It's San Fran and Philly. And then Dallas I know wants Dal- to be in that conversation. I, I, yeah, I ain't hating on Dallas, but yeah, for San Fran and Philly. Yeah, well, they got to prove that, right? Yeah. And Eagles were in the Super Bowl. The 49ers were in the Super Bowl recently as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you go with uh, – but, but, again, the quarterback position, there's not a Hall of Fame quarterback playing in the NFC right now, at least current Hall of Fame quarterback, which there has been for so long. All right, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. Texas football is eight days away. Rod brings you uh, deep dive conversations about the Longhorns. Let's, uh, let's hit it. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. What is behind that curtain? All right, time to uh, talk some Texas football. Instead of doing like a deep dive uh, into X's and O's, we got plenty of time for that, obviously, and we'll get into it. I want to piggyback on the conversation from yesterday about Brett Yarmark's comments yes. that got Longhorn fans all riled up, of course. Where <laughs> uh, He's talking to some fans in Lubbock, and then he makes a comment that Joey McGuire needs to uh, – he said, basically, repeat what he did last year and beat those Longhorns uh, on their farewell tour out of the Big 12. This is the question I have for Longhorn fans out there. Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And not even Longhorn fans, just fans of uh, Hook em Up. It, where does that Tech game now, where is it among the most important matchups for Texas in this, this 2023 season? Like, is it in the top three? Yes. It is down in the top three for you. Yes. Wow. Automatically. I think so. As far See? as on, on the schedule. See? Okay. So let me. Okay. Is it, it? It's obviously not Texas. Not Texas. Bama. Texas. Bama is. That's probably number one for everybody. Texas. Oak, oh, really? E. Not. That's not your top game. No, not for me. I mean, okay. it's it's the most anticipated Ty, is that game. Your top yes. Game? Yeah, I think that's my top game. I mean, I, I've heard <laughs> I've heard Jerry Hamilton say big, that for well, for recruiting, he said you could win the Big Twelve or you could beat Bama. He said Bama beating Bama will be better for recruiting than winning the Big Twelve. Like, he said that's how big of a game it is. It's huge, huge. But you got what? What game do you have bigger than Bama? K State here. I got K State as number two. K State uh, against I, Texas uh, on no on November four. I got K State as number two. I, I I went back and forth between that and obviously Texas OU. You know, I think Texas is better than Oklahoma, but you know, it's a big. I think it's a bigger game for Oklahoma this year than it is for Texas. Strangely enough, um, but I'm with you. I got K State as my second. I think my second most important game of the season behind Bama. 
because I think they are the, the defending Big well, 12 champion, and I think they are the second best team in the Big 12 behind Texas. Maybe I'm being too literal and practical no. because it's a non-conference game. Uh, Nick Saban's lost one non-conference game in 15 years at Alabama. One time. It doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> I guess I'm just not expecting Especially them to win Tuscaloosa. the game. I'm not expecting, yeah. The, Texas, <laughs> Texas hasn't played a game in Alabama in 100 years. It, yes, it, for hype and for all the, that everyone, everyone the that's going. circumstance around I it. mean, I get it. I get why yeah. it's a huge game. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a classic matchup in college football. It's the first matchup against Alabama since the championship game at the Rose Bowl. Uh, same time, if you lose the game, Oh yeah, you're, you're still, okay. Yeah, you still can win the conference, and I just yeah. I look at it, you know. So you're looking at it too say, pragmatically. You're, yeah, <laughs> probably so. Yeah, was for me every year the biggest game is Oklahoma. Every year, uh, the Texas plays the game in Dallas is the biggest game because it matters the most. And if you win that, then K State becomes two. And then for me, yes, it's between Tech and Alabama. So but, you got Bama as three. Yeah, but again, wow. I'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm not saying I'm right on that. I'm just yeah. in my head. I'm like. I, I'm all, I'm anticipating the L, Rod. That's basically. And if it they is. win it, it's gravy. <laughs> if they win it, it's gravy. Um, no, it's good. No, your your, your practicality and your if rationality there game, makes perfect and you're sense. You're right. It would be a huge, huge. Yeah, you're talking about goals. The goals of the team, which are right. win the Big Twelve, number yes. one, and then after that, everything is gravy. We talking about just after that, hey, if you win the Big Twelve, and then you're in the Cosmo playoff discussion, yes. that's great. As a one loss team, all that kind of stuff, uh, or a two loss team, whatever it may be. So I I understand that. Hit uh, spec text line. Uh, one text says Bama, Oklahoma, K State, then Tech. Yeah. Um, blind Longhorn fan says either three or four for uh, him as Tech in terms of where they rank now in the priority list. Uh, yeah. And one texture says OU one, Bama two, TCU three. Wow. That he game said, scares me. Got to get way. that purple kryptonite off our back. Okay. Sonny Dykes has never lost to Texas as head coach. That's a that's a hell of a stat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and that's why kind of K State worries me a little bit because Chris Kleiman is a damn good coach and he's he hadn't beaten Sark. He's been struggling versus you know what I mean. Like Sark beat him in year one, even though hell, they probably shouldn't have because they were a bad team, and then beat him last year at home, even though they won the Big Twelve. I think Chris Kleiman's got that. Well, I don't think I know Chris Kleiman's got that game circle. Like, all right, I got to figure this Sark thing out. We got to beat Texas, so that's a big game for him. Big game. So I, don't, I got Tech. I got Tech right now at I got him. I got Bama number one. I'll go. K State two, Oklahoma three, and then I'll go Tech four for me. Okay, yeah, I'll go Tech four. I, I'll I'll say that they're trash talk. It's it's gotten them up. This it's gotten them up to number four now on, on my priority list of uh, the most important games for Texas next season. The, the reason the TCU the game there? the TCU game stands out because it's right after the K State game, right? And it's it just get you, you if you beat Oklahoma and Dallas in uh, early October, you know you got Baylor. You know, don't, don't sleep on the Baylor game September 23rd. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave Aranda, he had a good game plan initially right. last year. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they had Texas. They they mm-hmm. And that was a very good Baylor team. They ended up 6-7, and seven, yet come fourth quarter, that was a, a really tight game. Yep. Um, now, Texas is hoping they, they've extended, they, they've improved, and, and they're ready to go. But that Baylor game somewhat worries you. Same time, the TCU game right after the K-State game, because I think, I think K-State is the, the – the favorite, not named Texas, right? Yep. They won it last year. They bring everybody back and on their offense outside of Deuce Vaughn, including their quarterback. Uh, the K-State game is one you, you just got to circle. That That's a really, really big game in the Big 12. But the next week you're playing in Fort Worth, 
Probably mm-hmm. at night. I'm assuming they'll try to get that to a night yeah. game. I don't I know. TV will determine that. It's been a high TCU how good they are. And Sonny Dykes has had Texas' number, whether he was at Cal or at TCU. And, and Gary Patterson had owned Texas before that. And I'll give you, I'll, I'll add to it because I, I think you make a good point there about the, the timing of where TCU is. More against you said right after K State. Yeah, right after. You guys know what I've described as the schematic kryptonite for Steve Sarkeesian turned Sark into Steven, like turning Superman into Clark Kent. That three high, three down defense. All three in a row. They all run it. K State, TCU, and Iowa State. <laughs> they all run it. Well, <laughs> right Sark, there at the end Sark of the season. Have a game plan for you that better by be now. ready for it. Yeah, because that that is the that is the schematic uh, nightmare stretch for Sark because they all run the defense that has given him the most headaches. It says mm-hmm. I rank the Tech game as number ten because <laughs> f them. That's why. <laughs> I get it. Listen, there is, but there, think about it, guys. There's so much animosity that is building here. We forget, and I and I, I'm uh, shout out to uh, Brian Davis, who no longer works for the Statesman, but did uh, works for the know, university now. Works for the university. Uh, Texas One Fund is it to work with? No, them? he works in the Capitol. He works in the Tower. Oh, he works in the Tower. He oh, does communications for, for the uh, the Tower. Oh, okay, big time. Brian, uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he, he always did a good job writing too. But remember that article he wrote a few years. I don't know if a few years ago, maybe a couple of years ago, where he remarked that some of the officials from Tech were upset because they thought CDC had given them a a promise or some kind of agreed on a gentleman's agreement to play Tech once they left for the SEC. Do you remember this controversy? Um, how about the, here it is. In sep- this is the, I'm reading from the Austin American Statesman article. In September 2021, Texas Tech Athletics Director Kirby Hocutt said he and Texas AD Chris Del Conte had discussed the idea of the Red Raiders and the Longhorns continuing to play in all sports, especially football, for 20 to 25 years after UT leaves the Big 12. Not only did they discuss it, Hocutt said, but UT leadership affirmed they would work with Tech to make sure the football series played annually since 1960 would continue. A year later, Tech officials are anxious that there's been no movement on that front. Uh, they said they believe UT leaders have told Longhorn alumni groups that there are no plans to continue a series with Tech. Hocutt's quote, as I've talked to my counterpart at the University of Texas, while all the right things have been communicated to me, it's concerning that in the last couple of weeks I've heard from individuals in Dallas and in Fort Worth and in Midland that there's different things being said from those folks representing the University of Texas that a scheduling alliance against Texas Tech is not going to happen. Chris Del Conte said Wednesday he believes the Longhorns playing other Texas schools is important, but he's not in a position to schedule future non-conference games until he knows how many conference games he'll have to play in the SEC. Del Conte said, quote, I wouldn't say it was anything more than the idea of playing each other. That's all way premature to me. The issues were really just about playing Texas schools is the way I looked at it. And Texas Tech is part of that. I mean, I get it. So. The officials over there, they were a little upset about this from they, from way back in the day. They, they thought, oh, Texas is going to continue this it, rivalry. Man. And now they're, they're, now they're trying to dr- drudge up a rivalry. They're trying to make one out of nothing and essentially maybe incentivize fan bases and everybody. I mean, they, went to Greg, they went to Governor Abbott with this thing. Oh, I know. They went to, to Governor Abbott Cowboys. with to get him to advocate on right, their behalf. Right, because Texas and A&M are going to be in the same conference yes. now. And Tech is the, the odd yeah. person out, odd school out as far as the you know state schools. Uh, oh, so Tech's upset they got ghosted. They upset. They got ghosted. Yes. They're not getting the call back. Well, they, I think they're upset about the miscommunication because her co is saying and Tech officials are saying, CDC said, hey, 
It's going to happen, baby. I got it. You know I, I got I, you. I got you. All right, don't even worry about and it. Now he and then, and now so, he's ghosting and them. And then CDC saying, whoa, 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 whoa. It didn't go like that. I said, I think it's cool to play Texas schools, and there was a miscommunication. I just said, Tech, you're a part of that. So it's almost like miscommunication. Or if, like, uh, if, if, if I told a girl, I think I could one day fall in love with you, and then she takes that to mean I love her, then that was a miscommunication. <laughs> but I didn't say I love you. I just said and now I now you're think. not picking up the phone. <laughs> exactly. And like you said, then I had to ghost her. <laughs> yeah. Now she's like, calling and you're not answering. <laughs> won't respond to her text. Yeah, so that's kind of happened with tech in Texas, too. So that's love something that. else you throw in there. The plot thickens. Oh, man. Those so-called blue bloods. Last time Texas Tech played in Austin, Texas scored 70 points. 70. Now, last time they played in Lubbock, Texas Tech won. They went for it on fourth down like 100 times. And Six of eight. Won, won the game. Hey, we'll come back. When we do, it is Just the Facts, our What the Facts segment. Coming back. Also, uh, rolling on on a Friday. We're eight days to the Longhorn football season. Actual college football begins tomorrow. It's Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas Sports. Indeed, just the, the facts. Coming up in our next hour. What the facts? Our producer, Ty Henderson, for whatever reason, ran a, ran a 40 yesterday. Oh, man. A 40-yard dash in our parking lot here at the radio station. I, mm. I, I'm assuming in the uh, the effort mm. for mm. digital content, he decided he was going to run a 40. God bless him. And let's just say it didn't he, go well. He did it for the <laughs> – Can we just say it didn't go well in our just the facts segment? I think we all could have predicted it wasn't going to go well. Hey, if anybody has any challenges or any food challenges around town, anything that they might want to see me do, though. Just not running. Hit us up. Wow. Running. I mean, running, I'll, I'll do whatever. Man, so we can do tie does? Like, just anything? No, just... I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get it sponsored. Okay. It'll be fun. One, one a week. Nice. Okay. okay. I kind of like this idea. You might want to yeah, you, you might want to be careful asking them to send you food challenges, though. <laughs> By the way, speaking of content, Rod B, speaking of content, did you see this? Uh, earlier in the week, we talked about the uh, the insider kerfuffle that maybe Apple, Apple and Tim Cook were looking to uh, purchase or become part of ESPN to, you know, Mm -hmm. expedite their move into live sports streaming. Yep. You said it, and credit to you, my friend. You know who else has jumped into this conversation? Who that? Amazon. Well. Amazon. Uh, And here is the story. Amazon, according to Front Office Sports, has held talks with Disney on a new ESPN streaming service that the uh, that could cost between twenty and thirty five dollars a month, the tech giant could also help expand its distribution Dang. while potentially taking a minority stake in mm. ESPN. Wow. Ooh. Uh oh. Ty's already getting challenges. Twenty five dollars <laughs> a month. So it's just says, for ESPN. It says here, following previously reported interest from the NFL, NBA, MLB, mm. as well as Verizon and Amazon, or Verizon, Amazon is now the latest to discuss acquiring a minority stake. In the four-letter network, just too easy, right? For those for those companies, we have that much money. I mean, Amazon's just loaded, Apple's just loaded, and they want to get into sports. Well, and Ty said said the words so between twenty and thirty-five dollars. Well, look, if you are no longer paying for cable, like or a, a lot satellite of cord, service, cord cutters out there, yeah. What you'll be doing is paying similar amounts of money to buy to acquire each of these streaming services, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the same difference. Yeah. What's your cable bill? Just eliminate that. And then buy different apps, different, different apps, streaming right? Services. Different streaming yeah, services. Yeah, and it'll add, it'll add it'll add up to what your cable was. And you'll get all the games, and you'll have to just like it, like this. These days, you got to kind of find us on the Horn app. Uh, it's probably your best way to find us. That's that's not hard to do. Mm. It's not hard to do. It's free, and we're free. Free ninety nine, Rod. We're free. Free ninety nine. 
our E and Rod B, what the fact segment? What it's a fact. It's free. That is uh that that would be a so now you're gonna have Amazon and potentially Apple trying to bid potentially to negotiate with ESPN. Well, now I'm thinking front office mm. sports is the pawn here. There's a vehicle. Oh. I think there's a bidding. I Somebody's think, leaking information yes, to front yes, office sports yes, yes, to yes. get this to get these sides going to incentivize each side. Say, hey man, you know Amazon's mm. doing something. And, oh, hey, you know Apple's doing something. Well, so you, well, yeah, it's it, it's the it's the, right. it's the, it's the big fish. It's a great point because we know Walt Disney Com- Disney Corp is is struggling, ESPN is struggling, right? They're trying to and they can't keep up with the Apples and the Amazons. Well, whoever acquires that is going to be in a, in a lead position when it comes to sports streaming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, now oh, yeah. it's starting to make make more sense here. Okay, we got the the two giants. Okay, who's going to get it? And they both won. They both won in sports. We know that they've right. they've tried they've tried several different ways to get into it successfully and some unsuccessfully. And mm. the the fastest way is to pluck ESPN, who already has rights to all of the major sports. Mm-hmm. They've already got the deals in place. And you have College the, football, yeah. pro football, yeah. baseball, basketball, uh, F1, everything so, that they want. It's definitely going to happen. We just don't know which one of these media giants, st- streaming giants, is going to do it. Yeah. It's going to happen. And they though. both can afford it. Oh, yeah. So ESPN's in the maybe it's ESPN that's leaking because they want the bidding war. Yes. So you, I think you're right. Eh? I'm, I'm on your, I'm on the grassy knoll with you, brother. Your conspiracy theory makes perfect sense. That does. That, that's it's, it's definitely ESPN leaking at the front office sports to get both sides incentivized to go to, to go to a bidding war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. We just don't know who's gonna get it. All right, for the top of the hour, what do you have, Rod and Justin? Uh, real quick, because uh, I know we're up against it. The Astros just got mollywhopped uh, last night. Did you see this stat? Yeah. Um, man, see stat. Okay, so they lost so a 17 to 1 to the Red Sox. Yeah. The most hits allowed in the Astros game, uh, 24 uh, was the number that was allowed last night. That is the fourth most allowed in the history of the Astros. 26 is the record in 1989. Uh, they had 25 twice. In 2011 and in 2019, most hits allowed. Remember, you were just, uh, you know what? You, this is your fault, E. You were just bragging about JP France. You I were know. just bragging about him, and now meltdown. I'm worried. Meltdown. You know me, I'm uh, worried. Epic I'm a skeptical Houston.